Namaste, everybody. Welcome to the Honor Yoga Foundation Triple Cast. My name is Maria Turco, CEO and founder of Honor Yoga and Chairwoman of the Honor Yoga Foundation. I am so excited to be here with you today because what we're going to talk about today really, I believe, it is attributed to the first yama in, in yoga. So um, I'm proud to introduce to you Vincent Galino, who is the, as we just discussed a few minutes ago, the founder and the owner and chief cook and bottle washer of Tri Beacon. Vincent, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. I really uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we talked about this, um, you and I, we've had conversations over the last couple of, of months, really. Um, and it was just such an honor, you know, to, no pun intended, <laughs> you know, to meet you um, and get to know you and your company. I'll start with a question that I like to start with all of my triple casts. And that is to you, what is yoga? What is yoga? It's a great question. <laughs> to me, yoga, I guess I came into it ignorant, like completely ignorant. I didn't know much about what yoga was. I know it was a physical practice. You know, I didn't realize, I guess being a man, you're into lifting weights, doing those kind of like manly workouts. But once you're in it, you don't realize how tough it is to actually sustain those poses for so long. Uh, and it becomes like a strength building exercise. It becomes like almost mental when you're trying to really hold those poses and really keep your core engaged, keep everything tight. And then it's just something that goes with you for the rest of the day. Once you have your moment, your hour, however long your session is on the mat, you just walk with your head held higher. You walk, you know, you're, you're more limber throughout the day. And uh, something I really need to get back into. Well, I can definitely feel that I'm missing it in my life right now. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand. And, you know, I think that's a great point because you're an inspiration for a lot of, you know, men out there because right now only 30% um, of our constituents are male. Um, I actually was in the, uh, at an appointment yesterday and met an x-ray technician who was a construction worker for 20 years, really crippled his body so much. Um, now all he does is work in the hospital and does yoga every day and it completely changed his life. And sometimes um, men are, you know, think they need to be flexible to come to yoga. So it's really inspirational for the audience to hear that from you. One of the reasons why I asked you to be a guest on this podcast is because everything that we do at Honor Yoga Foundation is about yoga. And some people think that yoga is just the physical practice, right? Of keeping your body in shape, but actually that's only one limb of yoga, which is asana, the physical practice. There's so many more limbs of yoga. And some of the other limbs are called the yamas and the yamas. And yamas and yamas is how we live for ourselves in the world and with other people throughout the world because we're all universally connected. And what I find so interesting and congruent about being vegan and even Ayurveda is those are sister philosophies and even ways of life that are so within the yoga umbrella because the first yama of yoga is ahimsa and ahimsa means not create harm whether it's harming animals or harming our bodies or harming ourselves and taking good care of each other and ourselves and so i was really really excited right to share that with our audience today what the meaning of yoga is and how being vegan fits into that component of ahimsa and that's really where i see the cross section between being vegan and and yoga but i knew you're going to answer this question when i asked you which was if you could put one thing on a billboard what would it be and your answer was <laughs> try vegan that's try pretty much vegan. the whole statement you know so 
in that spirit of what brings people to try vegan, from your perspective, Vincent, what are the benefits of trying vegan and being vegan? So you only a half hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you have a really long list. <laughs> like whenever anyone asks me that question, it's like uh, trying to shove too many things down a funnel. Like where do I even begin? Depending on who the person is and what, why they would be asking me that question is how I respond. For a selfish reason, it's because you feel better. You know, you yourself, you'll start feeling better. For me, my skin cart started clearing up. I started waking up more refreshed in the morning. Actually, my, my joints started feeling better. You know, the fat, that stubborn fat that you can't quite lose, that just melts off without even having to work out. Then you get into the environmental impact. Then you get into compassion for the animals. You can keep going on and on and on. Sustainability. Yeah, I was, you and I were talking about that one documentary that they did where athletes who are Olympic athletes and, you know, sometimes people think, oh, I'm not going to get enough protein. That was one of the first things I noticed was I didn't lose any ability to lift weights. I didn't lose anything. I actually almost aged in reverse where I could play basketball and keep up with younger people. That wasn't something that clicked for me. It was like, all right, as soon as athletes start doing this, that's it. Like, that's it. Because they're going to be able to outpace their opponents. They're going to be able to play for longer. And everyone's just going to start making that change. And I inevitably see that cutting season within the next, I don't know how long it's going to take for the meatheads to, to catch on. But <laughs> cutting season is just going to be people converting to veganism for that amount of months. Because there's really no more efficient way to, like I said, lose body fat and you know, if you're trying to really cut, you start doing your cardio, you're going to feel better about doing cardio if you're eating a plant-based diet. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the research really points to that. And I, I, I know I mentioned Ayurveda before, but like to your point, there's been so many documentaries and facts on dispelling the myths of how vegan does not deplete athletic performance. It does help you lose weight because you're shedding all the toxins because, you know, meat in a sense is very acidic. It puts a lot, a lot of strain on your digestive system. It's like, you know, think of an engine and you're kind of throwing meat in that engine as opposed to beautiful fibrous vegetables, right? You tax it over time. So, I mean, intuitively it makes, it makes so much sense. What's something that really touched your heart because you're really changing people's lives. And um, if you could share a little bit about that, I love this lesson in gratitude that one of your staff members. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, I mean, it was a combination of customer compliment and me not really accepting it because I used to work as a retail manager. And when I'm there, you know, customers come in, they compliment the store. You know, the stores run so well, everything's so nice and clean. And it's great to hear, but I didn't put that system in place. I'm just a cog in the wheel. So I'm the person taking the compliment. I accept it and I'm grateful for it. But then I go out and I start my own business. And, you know, that started out as a food truck. I'm not sure if people are familiar with Tri Vegan or what it is, but it started out as a food truck. Now it's a meal delivery service. You know, back in the early days on that food truck, I would be so in it. You know, I'm just trying to get, do what I need to do to satisfy this customer and, and give them a good experience. And, you know, customers say, oh my God, this is so good. This tastes so good. And like, it would just go in one ear and out the other. And one day this happened again, you know, I'm, I'm making my falafel, I'm making a falafel wrap and I'm just in it. And this customer says, oh man, this is this is such a great falafel. Like she said it in the window. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. And I just continue what I was doing. My friend Dave who was my cashier at the time. He looks over at me, he's like, Vince, listen to what she's saying. She's complimenting you on what you've, di what you've done here. And I really took a moment to like really appreciate like, this was an idea in my head 
you know, that I had when I was working a job and now here I am and someone's actually thanking me for what I, what I did here. And, uh, just made me feel really, really good that, you know, and it reminded me that like, I'm actually make, you know, I'm not, I'm not changing the world, but this person really enjoyed what I had to do. And I didn't harm any animals doing it. I didn't have to do anything like that. And, uh, just really felt good. Yeah. Again, like so, so many weaves with yoga because it's about a practice of gratitude of being present and being mindful, um, you know, for those moments and to be able to receive that gratitude and say, thank you. And that gift, you know, and so what I love about it, it's not, it, it is a lifestyle, right? It is a, it's a positive lifestyle like yoga that, you know, it, it's not just eating, you know, for, for the sake of eating healthy or building muscle or losing weight. It's this idea that's beyond that, that transcends all of those things, which energetically, right? That's the energy that we're also putting into our bodies when we do that. And science has proven meridians and energy. And so um, it's really powerful stuff. So what's one thing in your, in your business that you didn't expect that if you had to go back and say, I was really surprised by this, and, you know, where are you proud of yourself? What, you know, what's the thing that you're proud of yourself most for? Yeah. I mean, the thing I'm the most surprised with is the um, response I get to the food I make. Cause like I said, in my previous answer, people love the food. And to me, like, I'm not a classically trained chef. Like <laughs> I remember the first, my, my father, when he found out I was doing this and starting a food truck, there's a matter of contention because to me, it was, all right, how do I start a business? How do I build a food truck? This, that, and the other thing. His, he was caught in, what's the menu going to be? And to me, that's the last piece of the puzzle. I could put anything together if I need to. So the fact that, you know, people, like I, I've had compliments that are like next level. Um, like not just like, oh, this food is good. Like I've had one customer come up to my food truck and they had the hummus. And they said, this is the second best hummus I've ever had. I was like, okay. He said, uh, it's only because I lived in Israel for 10 years. And I was like, oh, so this, oh, person, that's a compliment. Yeah, so this person knows their hummus and they really, <laughs> really like it. You know, I'm really surprised that I guess I have like a natural ability to make things taste good. Um, not necessarily that I'm a chef, but, uh, you know, it really feels good to, to hear that. And then an even better compliment is when customers, you know, I don't, I don't even have to hear from these customers. I just see them ordering again the next week. That's, right. uh, that's a compliment in and of itself, you know, and then I, I look at their statistics and before I know it, they've ordered 10, 20 times. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. What's your, what's your most popular dish? For the meal delivery service, it's got to be a toss up between, I do a pad thai, which I think you may have tried. And then I also do a mango chickpea curry, which people really love. That, that one, I got another compliment. I, you know, someone said, Oh wow, you know, I've never had a curry like this. This is amazing. I thought, all right, well, I've never had curry before. And then now uh, they go to tell me they were an engineer in Abu Dhabi for five years. <laughs> so, so these that's two awesome. I haven't tried the curry now. I'm so excited. But just so you know, in my house, I put my name on the pad thai and the stuffed peppers when they come to the house because if I don't do that, then they it gets claimed by somebody else. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> So that, yes, the bad thai is definitely one of my favorites. And so are the stuffed peppers. I have to really try the curry. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll have to do that next week then. I kind of, uh, I keep, I try to keep my regulars in there and then try to add a few, you know, a few new ones that uh, are experimental. And then, you know, inevitably I'll get like that one email with like, like this week I did like a Thai salad, which is with a new dressing. And, you know, I get a picture, someone posts on the, their Instagram that this is the best salad they've ever had. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's fantastic, actually, not just good. So I know you, I know you mentioned your dad before and your dad has passed and you mentioned him in, you know, I asked the question, if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be and why? So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about, you know, your, your parents and dad and your inspiration and. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. He he passed uh, July, June, 2019. The irony of that being is that he died of a heart attack. And, you know, you know, at first I, I beat myself up, you know, I, I should have just done, done more is what I, what I tried to tell myself. Um, but then I realized like, what more could I have done as a person? You know, I parked, a, there was a vegan food truck outside every, every day that he went to work in our driveway that said, try vegan on it. So, you know, if that didn't get through to him. I don't know what more I could have done. As an individual, he was just a tremendous man, a tremendous inspiration. Um, up until he, he passed at 61, and he got me into doing 5Ks. He was an avid runner. He, he biked. He played softball his whole life, as long as I can remember. Like in, in a sprint, I was he was always faster than me. Uh, the one thing was he loved his Italian meats and cheeses. And I would tell him, like, those are the worst things. You know, those are what clogs the arteries, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to wrap wrap your head around, you know, one day he's there, the next day he's not, because he just went down and didn't come back up. You know, I remember driving to the hospital hearing there was an incident and uh, I was hoping, hoping beyond hope that, all right, you know, maybe he had a heart attack, you know, now this will be the wake up call for him. I'll put him on a diet, have him eat only vegetables so that his arteries clear this and the other thing. And uh, yeah, it's not how it happened. And, uh, you know, starting out, they old school Italians, they're from Italy. So me becoming vegan, first of all, was just, what, what do you mean? You know, that, that didn't even come, they couldn't even comprehend that. And then for me back in, so I had the idea in 2014, I quit my job in 2015. I mean, drive vegan right now is the longest running vegan food truck in the the region. You know, there was cinnamon snail before me. Uh, they've since closed down. They were there. I think they started about 10 years ago. And then I came about, so, you know, my parents were like, what do you, what vegan, start a sub truck, make pizza. What are you doing? <laughs> um, they were, they wanted me to do something safe and, you know, something that worked in the past, but I wanted to show them that that's not where the world was heading. And I, I'll never forget, he died. And then a month later, that's when Burger King starts advertising on TV. There's a commercial for the Impossible Whopper. And then just one thing after another, it's just like this plant-based revolution happened. And I'm just like, man, you know, he, he just missed it. So yeah, that's <laughs> kind of the rundown of uh Yeah, no, that's, that's a really great story. It's kind of like, well, you know, I can still do this in spite of, you know, my dad didn't get on board. It almost motivates you to want to do it even more to help more people. So they don't, they don't do that. I grew up Italian and I can appreciate that, you know, every Sunday we have our bolognese sauce and I, I have to admit, I snuck in 50% impossible meat in the last batch that I made. <laughs> Nobody noticed. 
So right. I'm going to go to 75. So I hope my, my family's not listening. I'm going to 75% <laughs> next time. And then I'm going to hundred. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, my girls were little, I'd grind up the vegetables in the blender and then put it in their Mac and cheese, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the products alone have just become so realistic. You know, I remember, I'm sure, you know, your sister's been vegan for quite some time as well. Yes. And, um, I remember one time, I think it was like Morningstar bacon. And it, it looked like it was like pink, like a pink ruler almost. It looked like, with like white streaks. And I remember making it. My dad's like, what is that? And I ate it and it, it literally tasted like cardboard. Someone, someone, what's that? Cardboard. Yeah, exactly. It's like someone dipped cardboard in bacon flavor and, <laughs> and threw it on a skillet. And now you have like Beyond Meat, which is revolutionary. And the thing that frustrates me the most is, so they come out with this Beyond Meat burger, like that's incomprehensible to someone who's grown up with, well, not grown up, but like I've seen the alternatives, I've had them. So for them to come out with something that tastes and looks and feels identical to a good burger, not even just like some bland burger, like it, it blew my mind. And then I see on Facebook, I don't know if it's like Vice or whoever, talking about like Beyond Meat comes out with a burger, but is it healthier? That's, that's not the point. The point, <laughs> the point is we made it taste like meat. Like that's incredible science. And now veganism is held to such a high standard that not only does it have to taste like a burger, it also has to be healthier than a burger. Yeah. It kind of, again, another intersection with yoga. It's kind of like you try yoga the first time you're like, that was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. I, I don't, I don't think I like that at all. And then after three or four classes, you're like, um, I don't really know how I lived without this before, uh, because of the transformation, the way you feel with yoga, you're creating energetic life. When, when you're eating, eat vegan, you're putting energy live energy, you know, plants are alive, you know, versus meat is dead. There's no energy there. Right. And that is part of your chi, your life force, you know, your, your kanda, your, your bhava, your prana, as we say, and all of these, and that's that for all of, you know, for those of you listening who are yogis, you know, it's just beyond like, to your point, I asked you this in the beginning of the podcast is like, well, what are the benefits? You're like, oh, well, do we have five hours? <laughs> because it's, it's, it's really, there, there really is just, just so many. And I think that, you know, to your point, it doesn't have to taste bad. It actually is pretty good now, especially in the last two to three years, it's just delicious. Right. And so I think people have this misconception, just like there was a, mis a misconception for our generation, right? Like, well, you're, you're a little longer than me, Vincent, but I'm in my, you know, mid forties. So like, it's for me, it's like, you think I'm not going to get enough protein yeah. and it's going to taste like cardboard. And it's not going to help me lose weight. It's going to be very carb heavy. And, uh, you know, and so all of those things are false. <laughs> yes. So I want, I want the audience to know that, right. That you, it can taste, taste really, really good and be really, really great for you. In, in my opinion, I'm not a scientist, but I can tell you what I, what I've noticed. And um, I think the, the micronutrients and the phytonutrients, I think they play a much bigger role in building muscle than protein actually does. And, uh, you know, not to mention that people talk about like a lean cut of chicken, but what they don't realize is, and what really did it for me was, all right, so chickens are being raised in like a, a 20th of how their adult life to, you know, to be slaughtered for food. 
and those animals are gigantic compared to what they were in the 50s, you know, a few generations back. So the analogy I use is like, imagine, you know, someone who's in a, let's say a supermarket or a Walmart or something, and they're on one of those scooters, right? They can barely walk because they're so big. That is the meat you're eating when you're eating meat, regardless of what you think it is. It's just oversized and gorged meat. I mean, if you're eating a deer that you hunted, that's different. But if you're going to the supermarket and buying this meat, that's really the quality of meat you're eating. And that's just not something I want to put in my body at all. Right. You know, you mentioned something really interesting when I asked you this question, and that is, um, if you could do anything to improve health and healthcare in America, what would you do? Kind of touched upon it a little bit there. And I love this answer because it's, mm. even when people leave, it's a, it's a mindful, they leave differently. They go back and forth between vegan right. and eat meat in a more mindful way. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the biggest change we can make, and I know that, you know, it's, it's a hard sell for people to actually convert to veganism or stay vegan for their whole lives. But what I've noticed is I've, I've had a lot of friends, you know, have been doing this for what, eight and a half years now. They've had the bug and they they decided to like try, become vegan for a while, you know, and regardless of like whether or not they stay vegan, if they, once they go back, they're such a more informed consumer, you know, they understand what happens to their body when they eat food, you know, they understood how they felt when they were eating only plants compared to like how sluggish they feel now when they start eating meat. Whereas people who have never tried that, they don't know the difference. You know, I, I kind of feel like a, like a leader, like a cult or something like, you know, but it really is that way. You know, people who try it just feel better. They're more, they're more informed and they go back. And even if they do go vegan, they're like, you know, listen, I only eat meat like maybe one meal a day. So that's really all I ask for, you know, just reduce the amount. Humans were not meant to process animal products three meals a day, three meals plus a day. It's just way too taxing on our system. Digestion is the, that's, that takes up the most energy in our body. And that's why fasting is important too. But you put like things that are easily digestible, don't sit in your body for a while. Your body has time to do other things like heal itself. You know, people keep inundating their body with the wrong foods. Eventually things are going to happen that like they're going to have joint problems or they're going to get fat, which is the most immediate consequence. And your body gets a cut, it wants to heal. So you start putting the right things in your body, your body will start healing all those problems that it has caused from, you know, overuse from being taxed from, from digestion. So true. I just want to stay here for four hours and talk about all that, you know, because breaking fast means breakfast, right? You break your fast. And we teach this in Ayurveda. That's why keto is so popular or even the whole intermittent fasting, right? Because we're finally giving our digestive system a break and it's effective for people. And so, you know, now things like leaky gut syndrome go away and, you know, all of these, these things go away. They're even doing fecal transplants now. We're taking fecal from one human and putting it into another human because that one human has more probiotics and is teaching the, the intestines of the person who has issues how to reteaching them how to process food, right? And so there's so much research out there that your gut is really has more nerves in it than your brain at the enteric nervous system. And so you've got to be good to your gut and you got to treat it like a, you know, fragile way and not overtax it. It's so it's so interesting that you say that. I say this, I say this to my daughters all the time. 
they're like, mom, ew, please don't say that. So I, I want, I buy oat milk and almond milk and I don't buy regular milk. I'm like, we just don't like it. And I'm like, well, you're not really meant to drink another mammal's booby milk. <laughs> so I say that to them and they're like, mom, please, we don't need that visual. I'm like, yeah, you kind of do. You kind of need that visual, you know, to make anything to get that, you know, to educate them. And so what I love about what you said is that, you know, baby steps, right? You don't have to take extreme measures. I love how you said even people who try vegan and then go back to eating meat, they they do it in a more mindful way. You mentioned my sister. So we have a very big Italian family. Some of us are vegetarian. You know, some of us are vegan. Some of us eat meat. My husband has a shirt that says 100% non-vegetarian. So that kind of just shows you what side of the he's on. But you know, she, whenever she puts it on the table, she actually says, let's give thanks to this animal and let's make sure that we treat this animal with respect and not waste it because this animal gave their life for us. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, you know, and if we didn't have people like you, Vincent, or my sister, you know, those are the steps that we can take to make ourselves more healthy as a race and make mankind, you know, elevate who we are and practice ahimsa for ourselves and for other living species. I think it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. So tell us what, what's the best tip that you would give us for making the world a better place? What would you, what would you tell us? Yeah. I mean, I firmly believe in the golden rule. You know, there's just so many things that could be solved. If people just realize that like, you're talking to somebody who's also existing just as much as you are. I just saw an interaction on Facebook where these two people, I don't like getting political, I don't, whatever, but it was like Israel and Palestine, right? And one person was on the Israel side and the other person was on the Palestine side. And it's like, you know, you understand that there's someone who believes just as firmly in the opposite because of where they come from, what they've, how they've existed. So you're not going to argue your way to getting them to agree with you. So yeah, you know, it's just like, a lack of understanding in in the world today where people just don't understand that fact alone you know like i understand there are people who eat meat like i i get it but i try to get my get more bees with honey get more what's that expression uh that's that's what I, that's the approach i'm taking you know I, I try to feed people show them good food they can try vegan i prefer that rather than uh um you know going into Saks Fifth avenue and throwing paint on fur I just don't see that as a productive way to, <laughs> to get your message across. Right. Right. Try to get people to to see your side, your point of view. You just sound you, you're building more resistance is what you're doing. You're not making the change you think you are. I'm I'm sorry to say that. I know there are vegans out there that do that, but uh, I believe there's a better way to get the message out there. And Vincent, that's why we're dubbing you a yogi in the minds and hearts of um, Honor Yoga and the Honor Yoga Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. So tell our audience where they can find you and what they get for listening today. Yeah, I appreciate everyone listening to me, what I had to say today. So the best thing to do would be to go to my meal delivery service. It's available throughout the Northeast. I am based in New Jersey, but I ship north to Vermont, out to New York, Pennsylvania, down to Maryland. And uh, the website is tryveganhomedelivery.com. And an exclusive discount that'll last for eternity will be use the discount code HONORYOGA and you'll get 50% off your first subscription uh, for any of our meal packages. 
Thank you. That's very generous of you. And um, the Honor Yoga Foundation, thanks you, Vincent, for being here and sharing your light with us. The light in us honors the light in you. And for those of you who are listening, please comment and tag us on Facebook and share. Uh, you will be entered to win in a Humble Warrior t-shirt and an exclusive opportunity to go on a retreat at Arenda in the Catskills with me and Ayurvedic and Yoga Retreat in the fall this year. So please share, like, comment, and try vegan. And we look forward to seeing you next time on our podcast. Thank you, Vincent. You got it. One more thing I forgot to mention. I don't know if you know, I also have a podcast. <gasps> oh, yeah. well, tell us about that. <laughs> it's actually called Catching Up With Vince. I think I have like 50 episodes or something. I really enjoyed doing it. I kind of stopped after my father passed away and haven't gotten back into it. Funny story is I have a list of people I want to have on that show. And I've had it for years and you are on that list. So it's funny to be on your podcast. <laughs> Well, I would love to be a guest on your podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so this time was my place. Next time your place. Let's do it again. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Vincent. You got it. Thank you, Maria. Take care.